What's going on, cuz? What's up, T-Wonk? Man, nothing to it, man. We got on the podcast, man. We're going to talk about a little bit of what's going on out here in the sports world, man. What you, what you got What you got in your mind today? Man, man, where can we start? You know what I'm saying? You no, know, first thing, you know, uh, Le- LeBron got another milestone last night. First person in NBA history to have 30,000 points, 8,000 assists, and 8,000 rebounds. Man, that's remarkable, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, cause I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this: people talk about Michael Jordan, but when it's all said and done, to me, when he when he hangs it up for the for the last time, I can pretty much say that individually he's the best basketball player, just as far as his impact in the game. I agree. Uh, you know, and a lot of times some people hold things on people head. About, but you got to think about the circumstances when it comes to anybody, you know, winning this and that, like Michael Six and oh, But to me, be honest, to play it fair, you know, outside of, I say the the Dallas series where they should have won. There's no excuse. They should they should they shouldn't have lost this series. But honestly, I don't think in any other finals he's been in, I don't think his his team has been favored to win. You got so, you. You got to go back to two thousand and four when they went against San Antonio. Nobody even expected him to get to San Antonio into the finals, and they got swept. But the the fact that he was able to get them there with what he had, which is not much, was remarkable enough to me. Man, and you know, like I said, you know, Jordan. I still probably have Jordan goat, but you know, it's like, like what a lot of people do a lot of time with Jordan now. They don't put him on such a pedestal that. They had got like selective memory, and like they not quite re- remembering Jordan and his career had truly went down. You know what I'm saying? Right. And how much help he had? <laughs> right. Exactly. Because the truth is, Jordan, and it's you can look it up. Jordan has never get out the first round of the playoff unless Scottie Pippen been on his team. Now, I ain't talking about to the finals or to the Eastern Conference finals. He's never getting out the first round of the playoffs without Scottie Pippen on his team. Didn't win a playoff series. No so, playoff series. And, and look at what LeBron did in probably his third or fourth season, got them to the NBA Finals. And, and you know, and people argue well, it was more competitive back then. And I, I'm, I'm, I want an argument to say that it's actually more competitive now. Um, man, come on. It just like anything. It, it's just like you know. The, the athletes are bigger, they faster, they stronger, they smarter. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just like the evolution of anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you can freeze time. Like the time from Wilt to then, people bigger, fast, stronger, and people are bigger, fast, stronger than they were with Magic from Magic time and Bird time and when Jordan played. It's just, and in 20 years, they're gonna be bigger and faster and stronger than they are right now. Yep, I agree. And that's even in the NFL. You look at the NFL now. As compared to then, I mean, yeah, the rules have changed. There's some things that change in the field, but as far as the athletes, they're bigger, faster, stronger. And and nobody ever takes that in consideration. And, and you know, I, I'm I'm a Jordan fan. I think all everybody was a Jordan fan coming up. But you got look at you can look at things a lot of different ways because people point to like LeBron with three three, he's three and five in the finals. Okay, true enough, but that means he was good enough to get to the finals. Eight times in his career, over half the time he been in the finals. Okay, so let's go to that point. So what he did against Golden State Warriors two seasons ago, to me, was one of the most remarkable 
feats in NBA history. I mean, think about what they were. They were down 3-1, and then they came back. Even though, you know, Draymond Green, people argue that Draymond Green's suspension uh, was a big factor in them coming back and winning because if he was in game five, you know, game game over. However, he was in game six and game seven, and they didn't win. So what LeBron James did, to me, that one alone, even with the two he won in Miami, was the biggest win he had. And to me, probably one of the greatest comebacks. Well, it was the greatest comeback because nobody had never done that. No, no, never. And like I say, like I say, if if he never wins another championship, and it, it might be hard because Golden State is just so loaded. And, and then you got other teams that starting to, you're going to have other super teams develop because we got to find out where Anthony Davis, he's going somewhere. You just don't know where he's going to right now. Man, let so, me, let's talk about him real quick. Let's transition to Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. Anthony Davis, to me, is probably in the top three players, in my opinion, right now in the game. You you can talk about LeBron James. You can say KD. But if I'm just talking about who I want on my team right now, I would choose Anthony Davis, man. Look what he's doing in the last seven or eight games. I mean, he's tearing up the league in almost every stat sheet. Man. And then he, he gets a raw deal, too, because the knock could be on him as well. He's a stat machine, but he hadn't won a playoff game. Which, again, it goes back to look what he's surrounded by, you know. He, when the time, and me and my brother, we went to one of the playoff games when they played Golden State. Before Golden State, is Golden State they are right now. Right. And he the only thing they had, you know what I'm saying? He, We went to New Orleans, and, man, I'm talking about, I mean, he must have hit about 40 in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was out, man. And, and you know, to me, I was looking forward to seeing him and movie do it this, you know, cousins do it this year, you know, and see exactly what could happen, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But then, I mean, like, got the injury happened, and, again, he undermanned again. And that was a bad injury, man. You talking about Achilles? That's a hard injury in the in league as far as his position to come back out of. I'm not saying that Boogie Cousins is not going to come back, but what I'm saying is I don't think he'll be the same player behind an injury. You know what I'm saying? You you are much rather tatted ACL than than, than tatted Achilles because it's it's just a different type of injury, man. Different type of injury. I mean, basically, you're talking about the whole leg connecting to the ankle. And that with that injury, and that's just hard to come back. Most players come back, and if you look at the history, besides Kobe Bryant, a few players here and there, they come back not the same, man. And most people go into retirement. I mean, it took Charles Barkley to put him in retirement. It put Isaiah Thomas in retirement. Those injuries I, are just devastating. Man, it's it's, it's rough. It's hard. To, it's, like I said, I've never seen you can you can tear the ACL. You can t- you can have completely blow that knee out these days and come back and now in less than a year, man, but the Achilles, what I've seen, one to, one thing for certain, is usually a, a definite t- takes over a year before you can even be close saying you fully recover. Yep. And if we fully it again, like Kobe Bryant, he came back, couldn't lift. You know, he was shooting, he went from shooting 45% in his career to about 33%. That's a big chunk of uh of percentages, you know, and I think the reason why I believe that happened was because of that Achilles injury. He just couldn't lift. He couldn't shoot. He could still shoot, but he couldn't lift that ball, that ball up to get in the hoop. Man, like I said, it's, it's it's rough. I hope for I hope for the best because I mean, if you get if you can get back him back ninety and ninety five percent of what he was with Anthony Davis, and you can hopefully surround them with some shooters, 
and you know, some some other guys, they could be a special team down the line. But like you said, though, D, think about Anthony Davis. Where would he go? Because, I mean, think about it. If he stays in New Orleans after his contract is up, I mean, what does the, what is, what does New Orleans have to offer him? I mean, they are, again, he's surrounded by a, by a bunch of B, probably C players, and they get they get to the playoffs this year, and they get knocked off by Houston or by you know Golden State, or may even maybe even a San Antonio team. Um, nothing. I, in my honest opinion, it's been rumors why I think he's gonna end up in Boston, and if he does end up in Boston, that's gonna totally change. The East because Cleveland would not be the team to beat anymore. I never bought Boston being a team to beat, even when they had that long winning streak. I think they're a good team, but if you get him there next year with what they got, and also what they got coming back from injury, they they I, I I'm a LeBron fan through and through, but I would definitely have to say they're the team to beat in the East, and they would have with the coach they got Brad Stevens. They 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 would have a team that could rival. I think Golden State. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a great coach. And think about Gordon Hayward. If they could pull it off with getting Gordon Hayward with the young pieces they have with, with Brown and Tatum, and then you got, you know, Kyrie, which is a stud, you got to say pretty much that's going to knock out LeBron if he stays in Cleveland. If he does stay in Cleveland, that knocks out the, uh, the Cavaliers and Toronto in the East. You know, you can't compete with that team night in and night out. No, no. Like I said, they'll, they'll be the team to beat. And then, as young as they are, they'll be the team to beat for many, many years, you know, because they would, they core would be even young and go to the state score. Yep. So. But, man, let's talk about this real quick, man. What about the Cleveland Cavaliers? How how, how confident are you are with, with the change they had with the trade deadline? I think I, I never, even with the team they had, I thought they were good enough that they're still going to make it to the finals. And, of course, Get beat, man. Probably, I think now with the athletes that got some shooters, a little more athleticism, or some youth, I think they they'll make the finals and, and get beaten six games. Yeah, I, I agree with you on. I definitely agree with you on that. I think that they get to the finals, it makes it more of a push with the team they had before the before the um trade deadline. No chance they probably even win a game, but this gives them yeah. at least they can win. Yeah, and my thing is, uh, do you? I, I another thing, uh, do you think any chance after this when they go, when I think they will lose the finals? I mean, if they do win, then the LeBron going somewhere, I think that's dead. He'll stay in Cleveland, but I think they're gonna lose. And when they lose, you think is there any chance he'll go to? Now they just it's like they add a team every day. They go from the Lakers to the Rockets. Now they're talking about Philly. Do you think there's any chance he'll leave again? I think there's a, I think there's a really big, big chance because I'm thinking what this is what, what could happen. If LeBron James don't win this year, I think he's gone. And, uh-huh. and the, the the main reason why I say this is because of his relationship with Dan Gilbert. Him and Dan Gilbert don't see eye to eye. It's a power struggle, and I don't. You know, I think LeBron James is getting wore out with the organization from that standpoint. So whenever you're the owner and the, the best player on the team don't get along, I mean, if you're not winning as well, why stay there? Why waste why was your energy there at Cleveland? You already won the championship one year. You did what you had to do. You did what you said you were going to do when you came back from Miami. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, once you won that championship, 
for Cleveland, and he brought like a title to their city, and they ain't had one in. So I think since Jim Brown was playing, I mean, basically, he he can write his own ticket. You know what I'm saying? Good or bad, he can he can basically do what he wants to because he he comes to go was to bring a championship to that city. He did that. Now you know, if he leave, he just leave. You know, exactly. And see, to me, as far as far as to ask your question more, if more further on, Houston Rockets to me is the more ideal team if he wants to win. If he wants to win right now, I mean, if he goes to Houston, they're beating Golden State. I don't see Golden State being able to take on Chris Paul, LeBron, and you know James Harden, and then also with Clint, Clint Capella. People are sleeping on that center. Man, that center is, is probably you know one of the top ten centers in the league right now. I think they said uh, a stat. They said when Capella, Harden, and Chris Paul play together, I think they ain't lost like one game this year. One game. He's so mm-hmm. long and agile. He gets the rebound. He plays defense. He's a he's a rim protector. I mean, he's a nightmare for a good team like Golden State. They don't necessarily have a clear cut rim protector. Oh yeah, my. Uh, now that speaking of Golden State, like I got to ask you know, there there was a hot topic for t- two or three days. Do you think that was a a dirty play? Most. <laughs> <laughs> Do I think it's a dirty play? He's been a dirty player for for a decade. Zaza's been doing that. I mean, you can even go back to last year's playoffs when they played against San Antonio. He deliberately undercutted um, Kawhi Leonard when he came down on that leg, and then he hurt his, his – he already had the injury, but he made it worse. And he deliberately fell on, on Westbrook. Okay. Yeah. To me, and then, you know – and then, like, the, the excuse they give is like, oh, he clumsy. So you make it to the NBA by being clumsy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on now. Yeah. He's been, he been dirty. And, I'm, you know, they didn't find him. They didn't do anything with him. But I think they're going to keep an eye on him and that's, as he gets in the playoffs, as he conducts himself as far as how he interacts with other players. Yeah. I think I'm surprised, honestly. He didn't, they didn't. They didn't take any action, any type of punishment, be it a fine or maybe even one game suspension. But to me, it's like a slippery slope because they keep letting it get away with this. It's gonna be some retaliation down the line, right? And that's what you're trying to avoid. Well, I think what's going to happen is you know how they did a couple of years, seasons ago when they did the flopping, when they had to find you for flopping. Yeah. And if you notice, the flopping has went down because because of that. You'll see a lot of flops. But um, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have a Zaza rule where they're going to have to actually try to find you for, you know, trying to deliberately injure somebody when they're going to review the tape. So I think that's what's going to happen after the season's over with. They're going to actually have a rule in place where they can't necessarily stop it because, like, again, who's to say he didn't fall? But it you can see the tape and definitely know he was falling. It was, it was basically on purpose. Honestly... It was basically it outside of a forearm to the head. It was the same thing, basically, what looked like Gronkowski did. Except he didn't. Except he aimed at the man's knees with his body instead of coming across the forearm into the man's head. But like basically the same thing. I'm falling. I mean, it, it was it, to me it was almost obvious what he was doing because it wasn't enough force behind him, honestly, for him to lose his balance and fall. No, he was standing up. He was standing upright. Then, like you said. He came across, then he laid on his leg. Right. 
So definitely, I, I think the league's going to put more of a microscope on it because it's been kind of a hot topic. And so I think what they're going to do is they're going to try to find it, make, make a way to you know, find them as far as suspending for no excessive, you know, extra falling and taking and, and, and actually trying to hurt other players. Right. So I, I just, I just, I, I think it's, it's, it's they got to do something because, like I say, you know, I mean, to me, I don't think the Spurs would have beaten. Oh, I don't think Spurs would have beaten Golden State last year. But you got to admit, when, when he did that, it changed the whole complexion of the series because you know the Spurs were up with about 20, 20 plus points. Of twenty of twenty three points before that when that happened. Kawhi go down and just like that, that was, that was the end of the series. I mean, it was over then. Yep. I mean, think about it. I think it would have been like a um, maybe. If Kawhi was there, I think it would have been maybe a six-game or five-game series, but it ended up being a sweep. Right. That was a difference maker. And to me, I give Kawhi one or two games. You give, you know, he's just that good on, you know, offensively and defensively. He shut down one of your better men, so he was just that important. I mean, I mean, to me, there's no doubt about it, man. I mean, it's how important he is. It's kind of. It's kind of strange too, I, the situation because man, the, the man didn't talk, and to me, he was he's probably he he he's a superstar. I, I do believe Ka- Kawhi one of the top six or seven, eight players in the league, and he's a superstar. But he's even less ap- appealing than Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan probably one of the most boring superstars that you ever met. But Kawhi, it seems like he even quieter. I mean, he just like. He, he he does it all, man. I mean, he can he can defend your best player. He can shoot it. He can score. I mean, but it's, it's no excitement to him. You know what I'm saying? He's just a great ball player. And that's why what's going on with him now in the Spurs, you just like it's surprising because you wouldn't expect it from Kawhi because you just seem like you just get this you get this impression that he just like just 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 that quiet team player or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think they say now his uncle is getting involved in the situation with his with his injury, you know, at first they were saying like he was probably gonna shut it down for the year now. I think they say he's gonna try to make a come back and do something in March or whatever. But it just seems kind of strange because I don't know if he's trying to get out of San Antonio or what is going on with this situation. But see his uncle is his agent, which is to yeah. me, you know, I look at it kinda like, well, family is family, but I don't know if I want my uncle to be my agent. You know what I'm saying? Because it becomes more of an emotional situation where is he judging more off emotion or protection of my of me, or is he judging based off the money? And it could be a little bit of both. And I hate to transition to something else, but speaking of a family member being a, a, a agent or representative, I heard that uh, you know the uh, the the combine is starting. I think they're doing the interviews and the measurements right now. But you know, I think it usually starts. Uh, I think what is on like they toward the end of this week. Yeah, my end this week. And I, yeah, I heard that uh, Lamar Jackson's mom. Is like his agent or representative, or whatever. So that's that's you know, I mean, just it, I don't, it don't matter to me if mom or uncle. I just ain't too keen unless the person has had already background experience and representing you. Yeah, I think you do best going with somebody else. And even and a lot of times, even if they do have background experience. That's just a when you get family members involved and stuff like that. About finance and money, they can, they can, they can be a problem down the line. That it can be a problem down the line, and the reason why it's a problem down the line 
is because again we talked about the emotional uh aspect of it um you don't want mother father making business decisions of that magnitude as far as uh you know your career you want somebody that's kind of uh not necessarily biased to you in that way just making straight business decisions i never agree with that it's hard to keep it business with such a personal relationship like that right you know you might you, you know you they might try and they, they might not have no ear wheel they might be trying to do all they can for your best interest but still making mistakes and at the same time, you probably letting them slide on the mistakes they're making because they're your family member. Well, you were, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, it was an interview that Charlie Murphy did, and uh, you know, uh, the late Charlie Murphy. And uh, he talked about, you know, Eddie Murphy. And he was saying, you know, back in the 80s when Eddie Murphy was real big time and he was doing his uh, shows, he had security. And so Charlie Murphy said that he was head of security. Well, that's his brother, right? So right. <clears throat> it got... A lot of times what was happening when Charlie Murphy was out there, uh, you know, top, you know, basically the head security guard, people would heck, you know, we'd be hecklers out there messing with uh, Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy would get so upset to where Eddie Murphy had to fire him. And the reason why he had to fire him was because it was any little thing that happened with Eddie, Charlie Murphy would be ready to basically obliterate somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So the, the connection was too close because they're brothers. So he had to go ahead and fire him off the security, off his security, and just put him on another assignment. So because he was so emotional about his brother, so that's why I say, you know, and I tie that story in to tell you that's why I said I don't agree with family members or being your agent and being your manager. I remember uh, that documentary. You know, I love the ESPN thirty for thirties documentaries. They, I mean, they're some of the best on TV, the best thing you'll find around. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite ones is the one that you know, I'm sure you've seen the one called Broke. Yeah. And it stresses that family members is one of the biggest no-nos, in my opinion, when you get involved and you reach that status and you get this money and this fame. That's one of the biggest no-nos. That they, they were too many hard tales of family members and how much, you know, basically you almost had you had people on the lounge, you know what I'm saying? Because you were responsible for so many people. You think it just stops at your mom? No, no. You you had to, you had to break bread with way more than just with your, your mom. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, hey, family is family. You're going to love them, but you can't take care of everybody. You have to take Ooh. care of yourself and kind of your, your main unit, and that's pretty much it. Um, but I think uh, that reminds me, what's that running back from Alabama, man? He... And Richardson, he played Trent, for Indianapolis coach. Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. He talked on that uh, on ESPN, and he was talking about how he was taking care of his family to the point where he had to stop because he he was taking care of so many people that he was about to go broke. And that's 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 the majority, you know, the vast majority. And it's you you think it's it's just like the people that win a lotto, like they say, ninety percent of them end up with nothing again. And I think they say like the rates. NFL players and NBA players two or three, two to five years if they retire, a vast majority of those people don't have any money left. Right. And it's and this is it's, it's the same thing over and over again. These guys that are not stars in the league uh, that are having babies, and I'm even looking at now, and I won't say any names, but I know a few players that I follow on Twitter, football players and basketball players in the league. Man, I didn't even, I did a count. This this guy had four, four kids. And my, I'm thinking to myself, I hope those contracts are real good in the NFL and NBA because you got four or five kids by four different women. You got a lot of mouths to feed. You got a lot of child support payments to make. And those numbers yes. don't stop. 
And I saw that. I mean, I was, and, and you know, I don't. I take everything with a grain of salt because I was looking at they had like twelve, fifteen NFL players and what they net worth is now. And you know, you had some surprises that went on the low end. Had some that was higher than you thought. You know, I mean, I, you thought Ray Rice was complete, probably completely busted, but he still, I think, got right around fifteen million. So he 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 fine. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then I looked at T.O., man, and I said, I looked at this cannot be right. And then, like, T.O. net worth and value right now is $100,000. And, and I was like, <laughs> he, he basically he basically worth what the common man is worth around him, man. Right. And that's the reason why T.O. is really trying to get in the Hall of Fame. And he's really trying to get notoriety he can get so he can keep some checks going. Because T.O. got a lot of children. He got a lot of child support payments. So, doing all those times he's made all that money. Is being drained because of child support. And I'm telling you, child support don't stop. No matter what's going on, no, sir. it keeps going. And now you can probably get an adjustment, but has he been had him to go there and say, look, I don't make that money anymore. But you know, like I say, when you retire, if you're paying 10, 15, or whatever a child, or, or a total of $50,000 for all the children, that, they keep on going. They keep on going no matter what. And what these players got to understand is, the the average chef the chef life in the NFL is about what five six years I think it's like three and a half years three is it, so it's even less than that okay so just think imagine the uh the average like uh chef life is three to four years in the league you have three or four kids you're paying uh ten thousand dollars a piece that's forty thousand dollars a month when those paychecks stop paying those child support payments so that's what ended up happening to a lot of those guys in the league they still got to pay and and by the way. Those payments go up to from 18 years, depending on what state you're in, to 21 years of age. Man, and the best thing to do, you know, look, I mean, I'm not to tell anybody what they do in their sex life. I mean, I'm sure that comes with the, come with the with, with profession you're in. But, man, you, you got you got to strap up. Got you, to. Got to, you, get, you got to do something, you know. You got to protect yourself. And these dudes, yes, you know, I made it so I can do what I want. And, you know. The reality check come real soon as soon as it starts coming those mouths to feed. Exactly. Man, let me let me uh transition to another topic, man. Something I know we like to talk about. And uh I know that we're two or three months removed from high school football in Mississippi, but I do want to touch on that uh topic a little bit. Uh I know we both keep up with uh a lot of the talent and top players in the state of Mississippi. And twenty nineteen class, man, seems to be a really, really Good class. I'm not saying that 2018 wasn't good, but I mean 2019 is loaded with talent. Uh, who is one of your favorite players coming out in 2019? A class in high school football. Mr. Let me say this first about the 2019 class. And I played, you know, high school football. You know, football in the South. You know, it ain't no off season for, for football, even in high school football or college football. When, it, when even when it's, when it's not going on. You talking about what's next year? You talking about recruiting? So it's really never off season. So basically, right now you're in the you're in another season. You're, in the, you're basically in the recruiting phase of football, right? So and that's probably the, one of the longest ones. You know, you think about it, the recruiting part is probably longer than the football season itself, right? So there's 2019 so players. They got to put the stock out. You know, they got to go to these camps. They got a lot of camps going on, and mm-hmm. we, we try to push you know, a lot of people to you know. To continue doing these camps, you know, like what SES Mississippi is doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, and trying to get all the, the perennial top talent around Mississippi are people that want to actually improve. Uh, yes. Camps are available, so uh, you're right. This this part of the year is the longest part. It's the developmental part of the year. This is when you really, you know, put in the work for the season. 
the season is yeah. actually shorter than than the work you got to put in for. And and now we 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 got a page on Facebook, Future College Prospects, where we there's a lot of parents out there that wanna you know they want they, they child to get that opportunity. But so one thing we're learning now, you got to start about the eighth ninth grade with that child going to these camps, getting out there, getting getting that exposure that they need. You can't wait till they are junior or senior and say okay. What can, what can we do to get some notoriety? It's too late then. These you got guys sometimes in seventh grade, eighth grade going to these camps, and they get known. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it takes now. You can't wait. It ain't like it used to be, you know, because if you're not you behind you behind the eight ball, everybody else out there getting exposure, and you're not. But I want to point about that 2019 class. Um, it's the deepest class I have ever seen in Mississippi, and I say that because usually Mississippi. Every year, you have about just say fifteen, maybe twenty guys that's you no know, getting the 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 big time D one offers. I'm talking about SEC, ACC, you know the big the big colleges, you know. And then right. you have another another twenty or so that's getting what I call like you know like the the, the smaller schools, you know, not good schools, but you know they not they not on the they they the, they the G five, you know, they, they, the the Memphises, the the Arkansas states. The Southern Mississippi places like that, right? This class is about forty deep. When I say, and I say, all forty are getting SEC offers, ACC offers. I mean, it's it's that deep where you got you got forty players deep that all of them could possibly sign with the SEC school. That's remarkable, man. If you look down that list, and I was looking down the list a few nights ago. Yeah, man, it's so much talent in, in, in Mississippi right now as far as this, this high school football in 2019 class, man. I can't even keep my, my eyes on the paper without, you know, making my head spin, man, because this year, man, I mean, and we'll, and we'll get to the team and the, the teams in a minute, but individually, man, it's so much talent around uh, that we're going to be, you know, as far as next year, next February, uh, with signing day, you're going to see people, you know, all around the ACC, and maybe other conferences in the P five. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you gonna see. I mean, you, you got guys that's. I mean, I think they say four star, which you know, just the rating, which is a very good player. You know, five star. I mean, it's an awesome player. I mean, mm. I think you got like twelve four star players right now. And the thing about it is, it's going to increase. Yep. You you but you might have twenty four star players. Before, before the football season kick off in August, and that's for Mississippi. You no, know, if you if you're in California, or, or Texas, or Florida, you know, then Georgia, you know, that's no big deal. But for a state the size of Mississippi, that is really amazing. That's a big deal because you got to look at the uh, the population versus the talent. You know, like you said, California has way more people um, than Mississippi. Texas is way ahead, and we're putting out. Just as much as you know, talent. If you look at the numbers, as they are, as those states, and so, but let me ask you another question too. As far as the, um, the top teams, you know, Pearl won the championship last year. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about you know, as we scanning through all the talent, do you have any thoughts of a team that could be a, a championship team next year in six A or in five A? Um, I mean, you talk about this several times, and I think, in my opinion. I think the team to beat in South Six A next year, they had a down year for them. Still made the playoffs. Still had a winning record. But I think Brandon is the team to beat 
And I think Meridian, because they always loaded with talent, could be right there with them. But I, I would give Brandon and South the nine because they were young last year, but they are loaded. They gonna have they got they loaded with athletes and they loaded with a lot. What's going on, Cuz? What's up, T Walk? And uh, to it, man. We got on the podcast, man. We're gonna talk about a little bit of what's going on out here in the sports world, man. What you, what you got? What you got in your mind today? Man, man, where can we start? You know what I'm saying? You no, know, first thing, you know, uh, Le- LeBron got another milestone last night. First person in NBA history to have 30,000 points, 8,000 assists, and 8,000 rebounds. Man, that's remarkable, man. I- I'm going to be honest with you because I- I- I'm going to go ahead and say this. People talk about Michael Jordan, but when it's all said and done, to me, when he when he hangs it up for the for the last time, I can pretty much say that individually he's the best basketball player just as far as his impact in the game. I agree. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times some people hold things on people here about, but you got to think about the circumstances when it comes to anybody, you know, winning this and that like Mike was 6-0. But to me, be honest, to, to play it fair, you know, outside of, I say the, the Dallas series where they should have won. It's no excuse. They should. They should. They shouldn't have lost this series. But honestly, I don't think in any other finals he's been in. I don't think his his team has been favored to win. Nope. You got so, you. Got, you got to go back to two thousand and four when they went against San Antonio. Nobody even expected him to get to San Antonio into the finals, and they got swept. But the the fact that he was able to get them there with what he had, which is not much was remarkable enough to me. Man, and, you know, like I said, you know, Jordan, I still probably have Jordan GOAT, but, you know, it's like, like what a lot of people do a lot of time with Jordan now, they done put him on such a pedestal that they had got, like, selective memory and, like, they not quite remembering Jordan and his career had truly went down, you know what I'm saying? Right. And how much help he had. <laughs> Right, exactly, because the truth is, is Jordan, and it's, you can look it up, Jordan has never got out the first round for the playoff unless Scottie Pippen been on his team. Now, I ain't talking about to the finals or to the Eastern Conference finals. He's never getting out the first round of the playoffs without Scottie Pippen on his team. Didn't win a playoff series. No so, playoff series. And, and look at what LeBron did in probably his third or fourth season, got them to the NBA Finals. And you know, and people argue well, it was more competitive back then. And I, I'm, I'm, I want to argument to say that it's actually more competitive now. Um, man, come on! It just like anything. It's, it's just like you know, the the athletes are bigger, they faster, they stronger, they smarter. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just like the evolution of anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you can freeze time like. The time from whip to then, people big and fast, strong, and people are big and fast, strong. They were with magic from magic time and bird time, and when Jordan played, just, and in twenty years they're gonna be bigger and faster and stronger than they are right now. Yep, I agree, and that's even in the NFL. You look at the NFL now as compared to then. I mean, yeah, the rules have changed. There's some things that change in the NFL, but as far as the athletes, they're bigger, faster, stronger. 
and and nobody ever takes that in consideration. And and you know, I I'm I'm a Jordan fan. I, I think all everybody that was a Jordan fan coming up. But you gotta look at you can look at things a lot of different ways because people are point to like LeBron with three three he's three and five in the finals. Okay, true enough. But that means he was good enough to get to the finals eight times in his career. Over half the time he'd been in the finals. Okay, so let's go to that point. So what he did against Golden State Warriors two seasons ago to me was one of the most remarkable feats in NBA history. I mean, think about what they were. They were down three one. And then they came back, even though, you know, Draymond Green, people argue that Draymond Green's suspension uh, was a big factor in them coming back and winning because if he was in game five, you know, game game over. However, he was in game six and game seven, and they didn't win. So what LeBron James did, to me, that one alone, even with the two he won in Miami, was the biggest win he had. And to me, probably one of the greatest comebacks, well, it was the greatest comeback because nobody had never done that. No, no, never. And like I say, like I say, if if he never wins another championship, and it it might be hard because Golden State is just so loaded, and and then you got other teams that starting to you gonna have other super teams develop because we got to find out where Anthony Davis he going somewhere. You just don't know where he going to right now. Man, let so, me, let's talk about him real quick. That transition to Anthony Davis. Huh? Anthony Davis to me is probably in the top three players, in my opinion, right now in the game. You you can talk about LeBron James. You can say KD. But if I just talk about who I want on my team right now, I would choose Anthony Davis, man. Look what he's doing in the last seven or eight games. I mean, he's tearing up the league in almost every stat sheet. Man. And then he, he gets a raw deal, too, because the knock could be on him as well. He's a stat machine, but he hadn't won a playoff game. Which, again, it goes back to Look what he's surrounded by, you know. He, when the time, and me and my brother, we went to one of the playoff games when they played Golden State, before Golden State is Golden State they are right now. Right. And he's the only thing they had, you know what I'm saying. He, We went to New Orleans, and, man, I'm talking about, I mean, he must have hit about 40 in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was out, man. And, and you know, to me, I was looking forward to seeing him and movie do it this, you know, cousins do it this year, you know, and see exactly what could happen, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But then, I mean, like, got the injury happened, and again, he undermanned again. And that was a bad injury, man. You talking about Achilles, that's a hard injury in the in league as far as his position to come back out of. I'm not saying the Boogie Cousins is not going to come back, but what I'm saying is I don't think he'll be the same player behind it injury. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're much rather tatted ACL than than, than tell that Achilles because it's it's just a different type of injury, man. Different type of injury. I mean, basically, you're talking about the whole leg connecting to the ankle and that with that injury, and that's just hard to come back. Most players come back, and if you look at the history, besides Kobe Bryant, a few players here and there, they come back not the same, man. And most people go into retirement. I mean, it took Charles Barkley put him in retirement. It put Isaiah Thomas in retirement. Those injuries I, are just devastating, man. It's, it's it's rough. It's hard. It's, like I said, I've never seen you can you can tear the ACL. You can t- you can have completely blow that knee out these days and come back and now in less than a year, man. But the Achilles, for what I've seen, one to one thing for certain, it's usually a a definite t- takes over a year before you can even be close saying you fully recover. Yep. And if you fully again, like Kobe Bryant, he came back, couldn't lift. 
You know, he was shooting. He went from shooting forty five percent career to about thirty three percent. That's a big chunk of uh of percentages. You know, and I think the reason why I believe that happened was because of that Achilles injury. He just couldn't lift. He couldn't shoot. He could still shoot, but he couldn't lift that bar, that ball up to get in the hoop. Man, like I said, it's it's, it's rough. I hope for I hope the best because I mean, if you get if you can get back him back ninety and ninety five percent of what he was with Anthony Davis, and you can hopefully surround them with some shooters and you know, some some other guys, they could be a special team down the line. But like you said though, D, think about Anthony Davis. Where would he go? Because I mean, think about it. if he stays in New Orleans after his contract is up. I mean, what does the what is, what does New Orleans have to offer him? I mean, are, again, he's surrounded by a, by a bunch of B, probably C players, and they get they get to the playoffs this year, and they get knocked off by Houston or by you know Golden State, or may even a, maybe even a San Antonio team. Um, nothing. I, in my honest opinion, it's been rumors why I think he's gonna end up in Boston, and if he does end up in Boston, that's gonna totally change. The East because Cleveland would not be the team to beat anymore. I never bought Boston being a team to beat, even when they had that long winning streak. I think they're a good team, but if you get him there next year with what they got, and also with what they got coming back from injury, they they I, I I'm a LeBron fan through and through, but I would definitely have to say they're the team to beat in the East, and they would have with the coach they got Brad Stevens. They 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 would have a team that could rival. I think Golden State. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a great coach. And think about Gordon Hayward. If they could pull it off with getting Gordon Hayward with the young pieces they have with, with Brown and Tatum, and then you got, you know, Kyrie, which is a stud, you got to say pretty much that's going to knock out LeBron if he stays in Cleveland. If he does stay in Cleveland, that knocks out the, uh, the Cavaliers and Toronto in the East. You know, you can't compete with that team night in and night out. No, no. Like I said, they'll, they'll be the team to beat. And then, as young as they are, they'll be the team to beat for many, many years, you know, because they would, they core would be even young and go to the state score. Yep. So. But, man, let's talk about this real quick, man. What about the Cleveland Cavaliers? How 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 confident are you are with, with the change they had with the trade deadline? I think I, I never, even with the team they had, I thought they were good enough that they still going to make it to the finals. And, of course, Get beat, man. Probably, I think now with the athletes that got some shooters, a little more athleticism, or some youth, I think they they'll make the finals and, and get beaten six games. Yeah, I, I agree with you on. I agree with you on that. I think that they get to the finals, it makes it more of a push with the team they had before the before the um, trade deadline. No chance they probably even win a game, but this gives them yeah. at least they can win. Yeah, and my thing is, uh, do you? I, I another thing, uh, do you think any chance after this when they go, when I think they will lose the finals? I mean, if they do win, then the LeBron going somewhere, I think that's dead. He'll stay in Cleveland, but I think they're gonna lose. And when they lose, you think is there any chance he'll go to? Now they just it's like they add a team every day. They go from the Lakers to the Rockets. Now they're talking about Philly. Do you think there's any chance he'll leave again? I think there's a, I think there's a really big chance because I'm thinking what, this is what, what could happen. If LeBron James don't win this year, I think he's gone. And uh-huh. 
and the, and the main reason why I say this is because of his relationship with Dan Gilbert. Him and Dan Gilbert don't see eye to eye. It's a power struggle. And I don't, you know, I think LeBron James is getting wore out with the organization from that standpoint. So whenever you're the owner and the, the best player on the team don't get along, I mean, if you're not winning as well, why stay there? Why waste why research your energy there at Cleveland? You already won the championship one year. You did what you had to do. You did what you said you were going to do when you came back from Miami. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, once you won that championship for Cleveland and you brought, like, a title to that city and they ain't had one, in, so I think, since Jim Brown were playing, I mean, basically – he he can write his own ticket, you know what I'm saying? Good or bad, he can he can basically do what he wants to because he he comes his goal was to bring a championship to that city. He did that. Now you know, if he leave, he just leave, you know. Exactly. And see, to me, as far as far as to answer your question more more further on, Houston Rockets to me is the more ideal team if he wants to win. If he wants to win right now, I mean, if he goes to Houston, they're beating Golden State. I don't see Golden State being able to take on. Chris Paul, LeBron, and, you know, James Harden. And then also with Clint, Clint Capella. People are sleeping on that center. Man, that center is, is probably, you know, one of the top ten centers in the league right now. I think they said uh, a stat. They said when Capella, Harden, and Chris Paul play together, I think they ain't lost like one game this year. One game. He's so one long game. and agile. He gets the rebound. He plays defense. He's a he's a rim protector. I mean, he's a nightmare for a good team like Golden State. They don't necessarily have a clear cut rim protector. Oh yeah, but uh, now that speaking of Golden State, like I got to ask you know, there there was a hot topic for two or three days. Do you think that was a a dirty play? <laughs> Do I think it's a dirty play? He been a dirty player for for a decade. Zaza's been doing that. I mean, you can even go back to last year's playoffs when they played against San Antonio. He deliberately undercutted um, Kawhi Leonard when he came down on that leg, and then he hurt his, his – he already had the injury, but he made it worse. And he deliberately fell on, on Westbrook. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to me, and then, you know, and then, like, the, the excuse they give is like, oh, he clumsy. So you make it to the NBA – being clumsy, you know. <laughs> Come on, now. yeah. He been he been dirty, and I'm glad. You know, they didn't find him. They didn't do anything with him. But I think they're going to keep an eye on him as, as he gets in the playoffs, as he conducts himself, as far as how he interacts with other players. Yeah, I think I'm surprised. Honestly, he didn't. They didn't. They didn't take any action, any type of punishment, be it a fan or maybe even one game suspension. But to me. It's like a slippery slope because they keep letting it get away with this. It's gonna be some retaliation down the line, right? And that's what you're trying to avoid. Well, I think what's going to happen is you know how they did a couple of years of seasons ago when they did the flopping when they had the fine for flopping. Yeah. And if you notice the flopping has went down because because of that, you'll see a lot of flopping. But um, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have a Zaza rule where they're going to have to actually try to find you for you know, trying to deliberately injure somebody when they're going to review the tape. So I think that's what's going to end up happening after the season's over with. They're going to actually have a rule in place where they can't necessarily stop it because, like, again, who's to say he didn't fall? But it you can see the tape and definitely know he was falling. It was it was basically on purpose. Honestly, 
it was basically it outside a forearm to the head. It was the same thing, basically, what looked like Gronkowski did. Except he didn't. Except he aimed at the man's knees with his body instead of coming across the forearm for into the man's head. But it like basically the same thing. I'm falling. I mean, it, it was it, to me it was almost obvious what he was doing because it wasn't enough force behind him, honestly, for him to lose his balance and fall. No, he was standing up. He was standing upright. And then, like you said, he came across. Then he laid on his legs. Right. So definitely, I, I think the leads don't put more of a microscope on because it's been kind of a hot topic. And so I think what they're going to do is they're going to try to find it, make, make a way to you know, find him and start suspending for no excessive, you know, extra falling and taking and, and, and actually trying to hurt other players. Right. So I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I think it's, it's, it's they got to do something because, like I say, you know, I mean, to me, I don't think the Spurs would have beaten. Oh, I don't think Spurs would have beaten Golden State last year. But you got to admit, when when he did that, it changed the whole complexion of the series because you know the Spurs were up about 20, 20 plus points. Of twenty of twenty three points before that when that happened. Twenty three points. Kawhi go down and just like that, that was that was the end of the series. I mean, it was over then. Yep. I mean, think about it. I think it would have been like a um, it maybe. If Kawhi was there, I think it would have been maybe a six-game or five-game series, but it ended up being a sweep. Right. That was a difference maker. And to me, I give Kawhi one or two games. You can give, you know, he's just that good on, you know, offensively and defensively. He shut down when he a better men, so he was just that important. I mean, I mean, to me, there's no doubt about it, man. I mean, it's how important he is in the camera. It's kind of strange too, I, the situation because man, the man didn't talk, and to me, he was—he's probably he—he—he's a superstar. I, I do believe Kawhi is one of the top six or seven, eight players in the league, and he's a superstar. But he's even less appealing than Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan probably one of the most boring superstars that you ever met. But Kawhi, see, like he even quieter. I mean, he just like. He, he he does it all, man. I mean, he can he can defend your best player. He can shoot it. He can score. I mean, but it's, it's no excitement to him. You know what I'm saying? He's just a great ball player. And that's why what's going on with him now in the Spurs, you just like it's surprising because you wouldn't expect it from Kawhi because you just seem like you just get this you get this impression that he's just like just 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 that quiet team player or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think they say now his uncle is getting involved in the situation with his with his injury, you know, at first they were saying like he probably gonna shut it down for the year. Now I think they say he's gonna try to make him come back and do something in March, or whatever. But it just seems kind of strange because I don't know if he's trying to get out of San Antonio or what is going on with this situation. But see, his uncle is his agent, which is to yeah. me, you know, I look at it kind of like, well, family is family, but I don't know if I want my uncle to be my agent. You know what I'm saying? Because it becomes more of an emotional situation where. Is he judging more off emotion or protection of my of me, or is he judging based off the money? And it could be a little bit of both. And I hate to transition to something else, but speaking of a family member being a, a agent or representative, I heard that uh, you know the uh, the, the combine is starting. I think they're doing the interviews and the measurements right now. But you know, I think it usually starts. Uh, I think what is on like they toward the end of this week. Yeah, might be this week. Yeah, I heard that uh, Lamar Jackson's mom. Is like his agent or representative, or whatever. 
So that's that's you know. I mean, just it, I don't mean it don't matter to me if mom or uncle. I just ain't too keen unless the person has had already background experience in representing you. Yeah. I think you do best going with somebody else. And even and a lot of times, even they do have background experience. That's just a when you get family members involved and stuff like that about finance and money, they can they can they can be a problem down the line. That it can be a problem down the line. And the reason why it's a problem down the line is because again, we talked about the emotional uh aspect of it. Um you don't want mother, father making business decisions of that magnitude as far as uh, you know, your career. You want somebody that's kind of uh, not necessarily biased to you in that way, just making straight business decisions. I never agree with that. It's hard to keep it business with such a personal relationship like that. Right. You know, you might, you, you know, you they might try, and they, they might not have no ear wheel. They might be trying to do all they can for your best interest, but still making mistakes. And at the same time, you probably letting them slide on the mistakes they're making because they're your family member. We, you were, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, it was an interview that Charlie Murphy did, and uh, you know, uh, the late Charlie Murphy, and uh, he talked about you know Eddie Murphy, and he was saying you know back in the eighties when Eddie Murphy was real big time and he was doing his uh, shows, he had security, and so Charlie Murphy said that he was head of security. Well, that's his brother, right? So right, it got a lot of times what was happening when Charlie Murphy was out there, uh, you know, top, you know, basically the head security guard. People would heck, you know, we'd be hecklers out there messing with uh, Eddie Murphy, and Charlie Murphy would get so upset to where Eddie Murphy had to fire him. And the reason why he had to fire him was because it was any little thing that happened with Eddie, Charlie Murphy would be ready to basically obliterate somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So the the connection was too close because they're brothers. So he had to go ahead and fire him off the security, off his security, and just put him on another assignment. So because he was so emotional about his brother. So that's why I said, you know, and, and I tie that story in to tell you, that's why I said I don't agree with family members or being your agent and being your manager. I remember uh, that documentary, you know, I love the ESPN 30, 30s documentaries. They, I mean, they're some of the best on TV, the best thing you'll find around. Oh, yeah. And, I, and one of my favorite ones is the one that, you know, I'm sure you've seen the one called Broke. Yeah. And it stresses that family members is one of the biggest no-nos, in my opinion, when you get involved and you reach that status and you get this money and this fame, that's one of the biggest no-nos. There were too many hard tales of family members and how much, you know, basically you almost had, you had people on the lounge, you know what I'm saying, because you were responsible for so many people. You think it just stops at your mom. No, no. You, you, had, to, you had to break bread with way more than just with your mom. Cousins. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, hey, family is family. You're gonna love them, but you can't take care of everybody. You have to take no. care of yourself and kind of your your main unit, and that's pretty much it. Um, but I think uh, that remind what's that running back from Alabama, man? He Richardson. He played Trent, with any of his coach, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson. He talked on that uh, on ESPN, and he was talking about how he was taking care of his family to the point where he had to stop because he he was taking care of so many people that he was about to go broke. And that's 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 the majority, you know, the vast majority. And it's you you think it's it's just like the people that win a lotto, like they say, ninety percent of them end up with nothing again. And I think they say like the rates for NFL players and NBA players, two or three, two to five years, if they retire, a vast majority of those people don't have any money left. 
Right. And it's and this is it's, it's the same thing over and over again. These guys that are not stars in the league, uh, that are having babies, and I'm even looking at now, and I don't want to say any names, but I know a few players that I follow on Twitter, football players and basketball players in the league. Man, I didn't even I did a count. This this guy had four four kids. And my, I'm thinking to myself, I hope those contracts are real good in the NFL and NBA because you got four or five kids by four different women. You got a lot of mouths to feed. You got a lot of child support papers to make. And those numbers and don't stop. And I saw that. I mean, I was, and, and you know, I don't, I take everything with a grain of salt because I was looking at, they had like 12, 15 NFL players and what their net worth is now. And, you know, you had some surprises that went on the low end. Had some that was higher than you thought, you know. I mean, I, you thought Ray Rice was complete, probably completely busted, but he still, I think, got right around fifteen million. So he 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 fine, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then I looked at To man, and I I looked at this cannot be right. And then like To net worth and value right now is a hundred thousand dollars. And and I was like, <laughs> he, he basically he basically worth what the common man is worth around here, man. Right, and that's the reason why To was really probably in the Hall of Fame. And he's really trying to get notoriety he can get so he can keep some checks going because T.O. got a lot of children. He got a lot of child support papers. So doing all those times he's made all that money, he's being drained because of child support. And I'm telling you, child support don't stop. No matter what's going on, no, it keeps going. And now you can probably get an adjustment. But has he been handsome to go there and say, look, I don't make that money anymore. But, you know, like I say, when you retire, if you're paying 10, 15 or whatever a child or or a total of fifty thousand dollars for all the children, they they keep on going. They keep on going no matter what. And what these players got to understand is the the average chef the chef life in the NFL is about what five six years. I think it's like three and a half years. Three is it? So it's even less than that. Okay, so just think. Imagine the uh, the average life uh, chef life is three to four years in the league. You have three or four kids. You're paying uh, ten thousand dollars a piece. That's forty thousand dollars a month. When those paychecks stop. Paying those child support payments, so that's what ended up happening to a lot of those guys in the league. They still got to pay. And, and by the way, those payments go up to from eighteen years, depending on what state you're in, to twenty one years of age. Man, and the best thing to do, you know, look, I mean, I'm not to tell anybody what they do in their sex life. I mean, I'm sure that come with come with the with, with the profession you're in, but man, you, you got you got to strap up. Got you got to, to you got to do something, you know. You got to protect yourself. And these dudes, just you know, I made it, so I can do what I want. And you know, the reality check come real soon. As soon as it starts coming those mouths to feed. Exactly, man. Let me let me uh, transition to another topic, man. Something I know we like to talk about, and uh, I know that we're two or three months removed from high school football in Mississippi, but I do want to touch on that uh, topic a little bit. Uh, I know we both keep up with uh, a lot of the talent and top players in the state of Mississippi. And 2019 class, man, seems to be a really, really good class. I'm not saying that 2018 wasn't good, but, I mean, 2019 is loaded with talent. Uh, who is one of your favorite players coming out in 2019 uh, class in high school football? Mr. Let me say this first about the 2019 class. And I played, you know, high school football. You know, football in the South, you know, it ain't no offseason for, for football, even – in high school football or college football, when, it, when even when it's, when it's not going on, you talking about what's next year. You talking about recruiting, so it's really never all season. So basically, right now you're in the, you're in another season. You're, in the, you're basically in the recruiting phase of football, right? So and that's probably the, one of the longest 
ones, you know, you think about it, for recruiting is probably longer than the football season itself. Right. So there's 2019 so plans. Got to put the stock out. You know, they got to go to these camps. They got a lot of camps going on. Mm-hmm. We, we try to push a lot of people to, you know, to continue doing these camps, you know, like what SES Mississippi is doing, uh, you know, uh, uh, and trying to get all the, the perennial top talent around Mississippi are people that want to actually improve. Uh, yes. Camps are available. So uh, you're right. This this part of the year is the longest part. It's the developmental part of the year. This is when you really, you know, put in the work for the season. The season is yeah. shorter than, than the work you got to put in for. And and now we, we we got a page on Facebook, Future College Prospects, where we, there's a lot of parents out there that want to, you know, they want their child to get that opportunity. But so one thing we're learning now, you got to start about the eighth, ninth grade with their child going to these camps, getting out there, getting getting that exposure that they need. You can't wait until they're a junior or senior and say, okay, what can, what can we do to get some notoriety? It's too late then. These You got guys sometimes in seventh grade, eighth grade going to these camps, and they getting known. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it takes now. You can't wait. It ain't like it used to be, you know, because if you're not, you're behind, you're behind the eight ball. Everybody else out there getting exposure, and you're not. But I want to point about that 2019 class. Um, it's the deepest class I have ever seen in Mississippi. And I say that because usually Mississippi every year you have about, just say, 15, maybe 20 guys that's, you know, getting the, the, the big-time D1 offers. I'm talking about SEC, ACC, you know, the big the big colleges, you know. And then right. you have another, another 20 or so that's getting what I call like, you know, like the – the the smaller schools, you know, not good schools, but you know they not they not on the they 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 the G five, you know, they, 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 the Memphises, the the Arkansas states, the Southern Mississippi places like that. Right. This class is about forty deep. When I say and I say all forty are getting SEC offers, ACC offers. I mean, it's it's that deep where you got you got forty players deep that all of them could possibly sign with the SEC school. That's remarkable, man. If you look down that list, and I was looking at the list a few nights ago, uh, man, it's so much talent in, in, in Mississippi right now as far as this, this high school football in 2019 class, man. I can't even keep my, my eyes on the paper without, you know, making my head spin, man, because this year, man, I mean, it, and, we'll, and we'll get to the team and the, the teams in a minute, but individually, man, it's so much talent around uh, that we're going to be, you know, as far as next year, next February, well, with signing day, you're going to see people, you know, all around the ACC and maybe other conferences in the P5. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, you're going to see, I mean, you, you got guys that's, I mean, I think they say four-star, which, you know, just the rating, which is a very good player, you know, five-star, I mean, it's an awesome player. I mean, mm. I think you got like 12 four-star players right now. And the thing about it is it's going to increase. Yep, you you but you might have twenty four star players before before the football season kick off in August, and that's for Mississippi. No, if you if you're in California or, or Texas or Florida, you know that Georgia, you know that's no big deal. But for a state the size of Mississippi, that is really amazing. That's a big deal because you got to look at the uh, the population versus the talent. You know, like you said, California has way more people um, than Mississippi. Texas is way ahead. And we're putting out just as much as you know talent. If you look at the numbers, as they are, as those states, and so. But let me ask you another question too, as far as the, um, 
the top teams. You know, Pearl won the championship last year. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, as we scan it through all the talent, do you have any thoughts of a team that could be a, a championship team next year in 6A or in 5A? Um, I mean, you've talked about this several times, and I think, in my opinion, I think the team to beat in South 6A next year, they had a down year for them, still made the playoffs, still had a winning record. But I think Brandon is the team to beat. And I think Meridian, because they always loaded with talent, could be right there with them. But I, I would give Brandon in the South the nine because they were young last year, but they are loaded. They're going to have, they got, they loaded with athletes and they loaded with a lot. 